Good evening. Our top stories tonight. After one long year, finally, Bobby Wagner has come back to Seattle, which means finally, Bobby Wagner has come back to the Seahawks, which means finally, Bobby Wagner has come home. And the Seahawks, they have really impressed this offseason. They signed Bobby Wagner. They bring him back. They bring back Jerron Reed, who spent two years away from the team. They bring in Draymond Jones, interior pass rusher from the Denver Broncos. They bring in safety Julian Love from the New York Giants. They bring in Devin Bush, the linebacker from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this all for a team that was already part of the playoffs, already showed what they can do. And now they're just loading up. Throw in Geno Smith on a bargain contract. This is a team that is set to impress. If you smell what the Hawks are cooking. So the Seattle Seahawks, they bring back Bobby Wagner, the longtime veteran of the team, the multi-time all pro multi-time pro bowler. One of, if not the best linebacker of this generation of football. Post Ray Lewis, Bobby Wagner really might be that guy, number one, the best linebacker of the 2000s or late 20, 2000s, early two, 2020s. I don't know. Whatever generation you want to put it as, as in the post Patrick Willis era, it's probably Bobby Wagner. And he's back with the Seattle Seahawks on a one-year, $7 million deal. And this is just a slap in the face to the Los Angeles Rams. They really played themselves here. It was a mutual parting of ways between Bobby Wagner and the Rams, which means Bobby Wagner asked for his release and Los Angeles said yes. But in this move, the Rams were set to pay Bobby Wagner $11 million. They cut him, free up $5 million in cap, but it's $6.5 million dead. $6.5 million dead. So the Rams are essentially paying Bobby Wagner, or at least on the salary cap, are responsible for Bobby Wagner at pretty much the same rate that the Seahawks will have, and they get Bobby Wagner on the team. Oh, Rams, just to see Bobby Wagner head on over to a division rival, head back to the Seattle Seahawks, a man who has been a thorn in the side of the Los Angeles Rams, of the San Francisco 49ers, of the Arizona Cardinals. Bobby Wagner has terrorized this division and just about every other team that he has faced. Quality, quality move by the Seattle Seahawks unfortunate for the Rams how this ended up turning out, but the Seahawks dominant this offseason. They re-sign Bobby Wagner. He's going to be playing next to Jordan Brooks, who was, that was the pairing just last year. So two seasons ago, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, they tore it up. Bobby Wagner led the NFL in tackles. Jordan Brooks was high up there as well. So they're back together. And Jordan Brooks coming off the ACL tear. He might not start the season, which is why he has Devin Bush, who the Seahawks also signed. First round pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tenth overall pick 
that the Steelers traded up for Devin Bush. And then they invest in front of those guys. They cut a bunch of defensive linemen. They cut Al Woods. They cut Shelby Harris. They cut Quentin Jefferson. They get rid of a bunch of interior linemen, but they bring in high-end talent in Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones makes a pretty penny with the Seattle Seahawks, dominant interior pass rusher with the Denver Broncos. And they reunite with Jerron Reed, another homecoming by the Seattle Seahawks. They're bringing everybody back, not Russell Wilson. He doesn't get to be part of this Seattle Seahawks resurgence, but everyone else gets to come back and rejoin the team. They also bring back or bring in, sorry, Julian Love, the safety from the New York Giants. And Julian Love can play every position. So they've got Quandre Diggs, who's a free safety type, but he started his career as a slot cornerback for the Detroit Lions, so he can move all over the field. You have Julian Love, who's played outside corner. He's played slot corner. He's played free safety. He's played strong safety. Julian Love can play any position of defensive back that you need him to. And then you have Jamal Adams, who is just a strong safety, just a box safety, but he is a hell of a blitzer as well. So this Seahawks defense, they add in all these pieces to an already established young team. They have runner-up for Rookie of the Year, Tariq Woolen. They have Kobe Bryant in the slot. These are rookies that proved, yeah, we're just NFL starters. I know I was... A seventh round pick? No. Uh, Woolen was a fifth round pick. Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant was a fourth round pick. Regardless, day three picks by the Seattle Seahawks. No, we're just starters now, and we're high-end starters at that. This is what John Schneider has been able to do as general manager of the Seattle Seahawks when making picks. Defense for the, the Seattle Seahawks. It was a problem early in the season. It started to get better down the stretch as... Uh, some of these young players rounded into roles, but they're going to be better this year with Jamal Adams coming back with Bobby Wagner coming back with this increased emphasis on everything. The Seahawks, what an off season. The, and they also figure out their problems at center because their starting center ended up retiring at the end of the off season was a free agent. Anyways, they bring in Evan Brown from the Detroit lions who was the starting right guard for the Lions this year, the year before he was mostly the starting center because all pro Frank Ragnow was out with a foot injury. So Evan Brown comes over to the Seattle Seahawks, young athletic guard. And I don't think it was a big dollar contract either. It was a quality contract because that's what the Seattle Seahawks have become is just a team that knows what it's doing. And I shouldn't say become, but found their light again because this is who the Seattle Seahawks were when they were winning the Super Bowl, when they went to back-to-back Super Bowls. Quality, late-round draft picks, smart free agent signings, getting Cliff Averill, getting Michael Bennett, all of these quality veterans. They picked and they went and they... They would pick and they would choose and it would just hit time after time. And that's what the Seahawks are becoming. And with Geno Smith playing at a bargain contract, $25 million a year, which is truly not really starter money, 
he can make starter money with Derek getting up to 35 million. That's still less than Derek Carr is going to make even with incentives. And the Seahawks have every right, every incentive to draft a quarterback with the fifth overall pick, because this is essentially a one-year deal for Geno Smith. You can extend it to three. If you want to, you can draft a project quarterback in Anthony Richardson. You can draft a more pro ready, but still project quarterback in Will Levis. The Seahawks are in prime position to become a perennial playoff team. Once again, to become a team that is back in the Super Bowl hunt. If they can nail these two first round picks, if one of these quarterbacks who isn't Bryce Young fall to the Seattle Seahawks, it won't be Stroud so either. So I guess if Anthony Richardson or Will Levis fall to the Seattle Seahawks, the league has been put on notice that this is a dynasty once again. And at the same time, even if Anthony Richardson or Will Levis don't hit, the Seahawks are one of the few teams that can take that risk and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt them because they still have Geno Smith. So even if Anthony Richardson never becomes anything but Taysom Hill 2.0, that's okay because you've got Geno Smith, a Pro Bowl quarterback, a upper-end quarterback on a non-starter deal. Seahawks wheeling, Seahawks dealing. I smell what the Seahawks are cooking. And I also smell what our friends are over at underdog fantasy are cooking. I mean, come on. There is no better best ball platform than underdog fantasy. And they've got their pickums for every other sport. But you know, if you listen to player profiler, it's all about best ball season. It's all about getting in early because these rookies, these young players, we know that Roshan Johnson is going to be drafted on day two. We know that Roshan Johnson is going to impress. We know that Ty J Spears is probably being underdrafted as well. We know all of these rookies are better than the general public wants to give them credit for. And then all of a sudden it's post-draft. Oh, value's gone. Cause people now know for certain what we've known for months now. So sign up for underdog fantasy. Use promo code underworld. When you sign up a hundred dollar deposit match, you put in $100, you get $100 in free money. You can't beat that. Sign up now, Underdog Fantasy, with promo code UNDERWORLD. And if you want help with your best ball teams, with your pickums, sign up now for the all-in package with Player Profiler. You get the DFS Dominator. You get the Dynasty Deluxe. You get the player rankings. You get everything that I've got access to. So sign up now for the all-in package. Use promo code JACK when you sign up for $10 off. And you'll be as smart as me. I'll still be here to bring you the news, but you'll know everything that I know. And what I'm starting to know is that the Denver Broncos seem locked in to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Now, this could just be lip service. This could be just Sean Payton saying, this is our guy. And then they've got a plan in the works to trade him. But by all accounts, NFL teams believe the Broncos will not come off their first round pick demand for Jerry Judy. And you kind of get it, right? 
the Broncos don't have a first round pick. I don't think they have a second round pick either. They might, but I believe they don't. But either way, there's no Quentin Johnston coming in the door to replace Cortland Sutton. There's no Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith and Jigba coming to Denver to replace Jerry Judy. And if you really want to help Russell Wilson, and I know Sean Payton's not actually tied to Russell Wilson. He's willing to move on. This is Sean Payton's team, not Russell Wilson's team. But if you want to even try to help Russell Wilson, you can't be jettisoning talent. And that's what Sean Payton said. We are not trading Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. He reads the same rumors that we do. He hears the same reports, but Peyton puts it in a way that makes sense. Even if he's lying to us, this is a truth around the NFL. We're in the business of gathering talent. You don't just get rid of players to get rid of them. And the Broncos, we know they were in on Alan Lazard. We know they were in on Adam Thielen, but missed on both. Now, KJ Hamler's injured. The Broncos, considering their position in the draft, they can't afford to trade Jerry Judy unless, I mean, if they get a first rounder and they draft Jerry Judy's replacement, that's the only way it makes sense. And no team is giving up a first round pick for Jerry Judy. Teams might give up a second round pick, and that will all depend on where these wide receivers are drafted. So if you look at the dynasty rankings for Jerry Judy versus the rest of the players. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 29 in our seasonal ranks. Cortland Sutton down at wide receiver 41. Cortland Sutton, fake alpha, breaks my heart. I was a big believer in in Cortland Sutton, but we missed. Also the wide receiver 53 in Dynasty. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 26 in Dynasty. And you compare that to this year's rookie class. And I'm going to ask you, friends, who would you rather have? You'd definitely rather have Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's our wide receiver 13, Jerry Judy, wide receiver 26. If anyone out there would rather have Jerry Judy than Jackson Smith and Jigba, can I join your league? Because I'll make that trade. I'll make that trade in a heartbeat. But then we've got Quinton Johnston, wide receiver 29. So three spots behind Jerry Judy. We have Jordan Addison, wide receiver 32. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 34. So... Those are the guys that could pass Jerry Judy in terms of dynasty value on draft day or just in general as the season progresses. Those are the young guys. Maybe Kayshawn Boutte as well could pass him. Maybe Marvin Mims, wide receiver 42 and 44, four-player profiler. But those four players plus Jalen Hyatt, because player profiler, we're not big on Jalen Hyatt in terms of dynasty, in terms of fantasy football. Uh, Broncos traded away first in Russell Deal and traded another one for Peyton. Yeah, I know they don't have the first. I'm think- wondering if they have the seconds, though. They don't have the first this year. Anyways, Jerry Judy. What? Sorry, sorry. Joe distracted me with that comment that didn't really... Anyways, Jerry Judy, he and DeAndre Hopkins, it will depend on draft night if they are traded or not based on those five players, Jackson Smith and Jigba, 
Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers. Those are our top four wide receivers in Dynasty. And we'll throw Jalen Hyatt in there as well. Though we have him, I believe, at wide receiver 10, Jalen Hyatt will be drafted much higher that, than that in the real NFL, running his 4-4-0. Some teams probably have him in the 4-3s because some teams just rely completely on their stopwatch. So those five players, plus maybe uh, Kayshawn Butte, that will determine when DeAndre Hopkins and Jerry Judy are traded. And I don't think Jerry Judy will be traded. because I don't think the Broncos will accept a second-round pick if all those wide receivers are off the board. And I don't think teams are going to offer a second-round pick until those wide receivers off the board. So we're at a crossroads. Jerry Judy, I don't believe, is traded. Arizona Cardinals, on the other hand, I believe DeAndre Hopkins will be moved on draft night after those five receivers, maybe, maybe Kayshawn Butte, but after those five receivers are off the board, that's when DeAndre Hopkins will be moved. But where will he be moved? Will it be to the Buffalo Bills? Because they need him. They desperately need DeAndre Hopkins. They do. There's a couple teams desperately need DeAndre Hopkins. Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens. But the Bills need help for Josh Allen. Because the Bills need Josh Allen to run a little bit less, or at the very least, protect himself a little bit more. Because there was a stat that came out today. Josh Allen has been tackled on 66% of his downfield runs. So when he is getting downfield, this isn't counting his QB sneaks and uh, the short yardage stuff. This is when Josh Allen gets in the open field. He's getting hit two-thirds of the time. And I know Josh Allen is a Greek god. I know he is a physical freak. He is a centaur playing quarterback. But Josh Allen is still human. And those hits add up. And so Sean McDermott comes out and says, we need Josh Allen to play more sustainable football. We need Josh Allen to protect himself just a little bit better. And this is exactly why Josh Allen is QB3. It, by player profiler in Dynasty. He's the quarterback three behind Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Because Jalen Hurts, he's two years younger than Josh Allen. He has had a lot fewer hits than Josh Allen. And he's got better receivers. He's got a better offense around him. So that's why the Bills need DeAndre Hopkins to protect Josh Allen from himself. So he's more willing to stay in the pocket and throw instead of take off and run, play that superhero football. And you don't want Josh Allen to completely change who he is fundamentally, but we saw Lamar Jackson do it. Lamar Jackson, he started to get a lot better at avoiding hits. His injuries have come while he's in the pocket, crazily enough. Lamar Jackson learned to do it. Kyler Murray always was able to do it. Kyler Murray just... As much of a rushing quarterback as he is, he does not get laid out. Those big hits don't happen for Kyler Murray. Josh Allen, because he's so large, because he's larger than life, he is willing to dole out those hits, and we need it to stop. Don't stop the running. Don't stop the rushing touchdowns. Don't stop the QB sneaks. Just get out of bounds once in a while. Slide, Josh Allen. That's all we're asking. Protect yourself. 
Because we don't want you to fall behind Justin Herbert. We don't want you to fall behind Justin Herbert in Dynasty because Justin Herbert doesn't have the rushing upside that Josh Allen does. Not even close. Justin Herbert more in the Joe Burrow area of Dynasty in terms of his rushing ability. And Joe Burrow, our quarterback four. We also don't want to see Joe Burrow past Josh Allen in Dynasty because we are all about the Konami code. So Josh, just protect yourself. That's all we're asking. Buffalo Bills fans asking as well. Los Angeles Chargers fans and Justin Herbert, they're asking for Austin Eckler to return. And Austin Eckler wants to return. Austin Eckler doesn't want to leave Los Angeles. The only reason he's asked for a trade is because he wants to get paid what he is worth. Now, seeing what the running back market is, I think there will be some teams around the NFL that say, okay, or not teams around the NFL, sorry. Let me start that over. After seeing what the running back market is from other teams around the NFL, after seeing Miles Sanders top of the market, 6.25 million, and Eckler's making 6.25 million. Okay, Austin, let's give you 8 million. Will you agree to stay then? Let's give you 9 million, but franchise tag is 10 million, and that's overpaid. I can't see the Chargers doling out 10 plus million to a running back at this point, given their cap issues. But all things told, Austin Eckler wants to be back and they want him back. Earlier today from GM Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley, they gave a press conference. They think there's an alignment and a way forward. They want him to be a charger. Austin Eckler wants to be a charger. And that's why he's going to stay a charger. It's going to happen. We also have the NFL owners meeting, and they are meeting all 32 NFL owners. Interesting. Probably Dan Snyder's last NFL owners meeting. Don't know who will replace him in his owners meeting, but owners meeting for the NFL. They're considering some rule changes, but we're hearing some that are not expected to pass. We're not expected to have pass, inter- no, not pass interference. We're not expected roughing the passer to become a reviewable penalty. We're not going to be able to throw the challenge flag. Was it roughing the passer? Was it not? Not going to happen, at least for now. Not enough momentum for NFL owners to pass that rule and not enough momentum to pass the hip drop tackle because people are calling for that to be a penalty. You've seen it. It's the Tony Pollard injury where people are running from behind. They grab him and they slip down. And that's how... A lot of high ankles, broken ankles team seem to happen. And there's data on this that hip drop tackles result in more injuries and injuries that last longer. The problem with making it a penalty is that how do you assess that in real time? You really want to give refs the ability to give tackles from behind, all tackles from behind. A penalty now? No, we, we we can't do that. So there's other ways. You can give the hip drop tackle a fine. You can start fining and start out low, ramp that up. And even then, I don't love it because what are you supposed to do? You're running from behind. You, it's, how you, it's, how, it's how physics works. It, you can't protect everyone. You can't stop every injury. I don't see the hip drop tackle being banned and it sucks because it's going to result in more injuries, but 
I just don't see how it works in the NFL. And speaking of injuries, Hendon Hooker, he's rehabbing his ACL. He's 25 years old. He's six foot three. He's 217 pounds. And where is he going in the NFL draft? Where is Hendon Hooker going to go? Could he sneak into the first round? Is he going to go round two? Where do you draft a 25-year-old quarterback coming off an ACL tear? And NFL teams, NFL media asking, you know, you threw to a lot of wide open wide receivers, a lot of big plays. And he gave the best answer, Hendon Hooker. I can't help the defenders can't guard my receivers. It's not my fault. Can't blame me. So Hendon Hooker trending on Twitter today. Seems as though NFL Twitter, fantasy Twitter, they're starting to get behind the idea that Hendon Hooker could be drafted fairly highly. And I'm not worried about being 25 years old. The way the NFL is trending, the way that the quarterback position is trending, you play older and older and older. So Hendon Hooker, I think he goes day two. Sorry, round two. He's definitely going day two, but Hendon Hooker goes round two. And some team's going to get a great value. When you compare Hendon Hooker in round two to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafting Kyle Trask in round two, and I know it was the end of round two, but come on. It's Hendon Hooker every single day over Kyle Trask, and that's what we're looking at. Hendon Hooker, a project quarterback, but not really. A, a rehabbing quarterback, a quarterback that's not going to pay dividends right away, but down the stretch, Hendon Hooker is going to impress people. I truly believe this. I think this is a great quarterback class. It's not a certain quarterback class, but we're going to get five NFL starters out of this quarterback class, and that's more than we can ask for. Varying levels of success from those five, but five NFL starters is great. Rounding things out with free agent news. We got a little bit of rumors. We heard that the Cleveland Browns were actually the number two team for Javon Hargrave. They went in hard for the defensive lineman from the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champion, and he signed with the 49ers instead. Good decision. Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, they are going to tear it up this year. 49ers, it's going to be scary. But the Browns missed on Javon Hargrave, and the Jets, the Jets missed on Fletcher Cox. They thought that they were bringing in another Eagles defensive tackle. They thought that, hey, We've got this Super Bowl tour going on. We've got this Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl run that we're about to have. Why don't we get some veterans like Fletcher Cox? Why don't we invest in the defensive line like Robert Sala wants to, like the 49ers did? Why don't we copy the 49ers? That's what Robert Sala has wanted to do from day one. Javon Hargrave would have gone a long way to do that, but instead he re-signs with the Philadelphia Eagles. And speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, we did get some contract information today. We found out what Rashad Penny is actually going to be making as a Philadelphia Eagle. And I still believe he is RB1. He's the between the tackles grinder. So he's going to play on first and second down. But Kenny Gainwell is still going to have the leverage touches because teams can say whatever they want in the media. They can tell us whatever in press conferences. But the moves they make and the money they pay that can't be hidden. That can't be washed away. And the fact that Rashad Penny is making $1.35 million this year with only 750 K in incentives, Rashad Penny K 
can't make $3 million playing running back for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Teams speak with the moves that they make, and Rashad Penny is just an absolute flyer for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is barely a prove-it contract. This is a we-might-cut-you contract. You might not be on the roster, depending on how things shake out. I think Rashad Benny will be on the roster. I'm not saying he's dust or anything, but this does not preclude the Philadelphia Eagles from giving Kenny Gainwell a healthy, healthy dose of work on third downs on the goal line. And Rashad Penny, as you already know, does not preclude them from drafting Bijan Robinson. Thank you.